you guys this morning to, to just pray for me. It's tough for me. Uh, it's got some sinus with the kids, and it's been a week that we've done. Uh, the Lord is busy amongst us. The Lord is busy. We're starting to pray again uh, for people at specific prayer times. And the Lord is working in deliverance amongst us. The Lord, the Lord is, is bringing freedom to a lot of you guys. And um, so we've been busy. It's really been a busy time. And I, uh, <clears throat> normally I type out my messages, but this one is like a, a scribble. Um, but I really feel, and I know this is something that I say so often, you're probably going to think at some point, this is just Willem saying it again. But I really, and if I didn't believe it, I would not really be saying it. But I really believe there's two weekends that's super important. It's this weekend and then next weekend. And the reason why I say that is because the Lord knows that if we do not have certain tools in our in our in our mundering, it's like the Vulcan Rista, the 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 armor. The armor. If we do not have the armor, he knows we're gonna be vulnerable in certain areas and we're gonna struggle at some point in our walk with them to get past certain things. And this morning's preach is going to build on what's going to happen next weekend. And that's why it's going to be super important for you guys. And I want to really just say this. I don't do this often. But I want to say, if you've got plans for next weekend, cancel them. If you've got something on, cancel it. And please be sure to be here next weekend. And we're going to end off the preach by telling you guys what's going to happen next weekend. We've been looking over... Quite a few weeks now, probably been a few months, we've been talking about seeking God. And if we really want to be seeking God in a healthy and in a true way, we need to understand who it is that we're seeking. And if we want to seek the true nature of God and the true nature of Jesus and the true nature of the Holy Spirit, we need to understand those things. And when we understand those things, we are rooted well. And once we are rooted well, our roots will be able to go on the search and the seek of the things of God in a good and a healthy manner. And we've used that illustration of the trees. You guys remember the trees? And where the one has got this beautiful rooting system and why? And there's this beautiful blossoming that takes place and it's it's a healthy tree. I want to say this also, the other one started blossoming. But I want you guys to actually, when you drive past that, that piece, just look at the amount of blossoms that the, that the bottom one had. It's probably half of the amount of blossoms that so it's not just that the one tree was earlier than the other one. It's also a thing of fruit. And a healthy root system brings fruit forth healthy and many fruit. And this is why this, this, this aspect that we're standing still on for, for, for quite a while now is so important for us going forward. That if we are not rooted well in the things of the Lord and in Him and in a good understanding of Him, then we're going to struggle with the rest of the outworking of that. Is that good? So last weekend, we looked at Jesus, and we had testimonies of Jesus, which was absolutely beautiful. I was so blessed. I want to thank We even had testimonies that didn't get uh, spoken. Demi uh, had a testimony of, as a young 13-year-old girl, she lost her dad uh, very suddenly, uh, and how the Lord were, uh, uh, provided for them. So all the, all the other guys that also, uh, Chris uh, uh, had something, so I apologize to the guys that didn't have the opportunity last weekend. 
if I could have, I would have gone an hour on just to hear the other testimonies as well. I promise you that. But uh, so I want to thank you guys. But we heard testimonies that is evidence of the fact that Jesus is alive and active in our lives. And it was important for me for us to be rooted well in the fact that he's not just uh, a figure of the Bible. He's not just someone that was written about in the Bible. But there's actually a living God that is amongst us through the Holy Spirit and that He is living and active. And I shared with you guys yesterday evening, and it was again that moment where I just realized that if Jesus was not alive, if He wasn't real, it would not have happened what happened yesterday. Because who would have brought that power? Who would have brought that, that, that anointing that brought people to actually respond and bring people to tears? People don't bring other people to tears. People don't lay their hands on people and then healing takes place. It just doesn't happen. And it's an evidence. It's something tangible. It's something that I can take to an atheist and say, hey, on, you should come to the same service that I was yesterday because I saw evidence of what you think is not real. I saw evidence of that. How else do you explain what we witnessed last night? And there's evidence of Jesus being a saviour. We see evidence of being Jesus being a redeemer, even in this week. I personally, with my own eyes, and if you guys are going to get involved in that aspect of church, when we pray for people to come into deliverance, you will see evidence of Jesus being a redeemer, of setting people free from places of oppression. Of restoring places of hurt where people can come to Jesus with stuff that happened many years ago and they bring it to Jesus and Jesus is the one that actually highlights it and he brings it out and they break before him and then sometimes there's a bit of hurt and something, but Jesus then comes and he restores and he heals those areas and I'm seeing evidence of a real and a Jesus that's with us that's restoring black people even in this congregation that is absolutely beautiful and so we see Jesus being this redeemer, miracle worker, promise keeper. Jesus being what Luke 4 verse 18 says, and you don't have to go to that scripture. We looked at it last week. Luke 4 verse 18 says, I am the one that gives sight to the blind. I am the one that sets the oppressed free. I am the one that breaks this. I'm ad-libbing. I'm, I'm putting stuff that's not in there. But I'm the one that breaks the shackles of those that are caught up in things. I am the one that breaks addictions. I am the one that breaks patterns and things in your life that for many years you cannot get out of this place. And I am the one that breaks it. He is the Lamb of God. And the Bible speaks about Him being the Lamb of God, the, the perfect Lamb. Because many years ago, if, if people wanted to get healed, if people wanted to get set free from sin, uh, or, or rather be forgiven for sin, if people wanted to atone for the sins, they had to bring a sacrifice. They had to literally slaughter a lamb or something of themselves and sacrifice it to God so that they might be forgiven for their sins. But God had a bigger plan. He said, I'm going to send my son, who is perfect, who is perfect. He didn't sin. And he will die on the cross. He will be slaughtered on your and my behalf so that there might be freedom for me. And that's why he's called the lamb of God, the one that was slaughtered so that we didn't have to be slaughtered, the one that paid a price so that I don't have to pay a price, 
The one that paid a price so that there could be freedom for me in this lifetime. And that's absolutely amazing. And we looked at Jesus as being the man for quite a few weeks now. And for quite a while now. But there was a different picture that the Lord brought to me this week. And it's a picture that is seldom preached about. It's seldom preached about. And I just felt, I want to put it on. And that is the second picture and the second part of what the Bible talks about Jesus. That He is not just the Lamb of God, but He's also the Lion of Judah. He's also the Lion of Judah. And it's such a contrast, isn't it? It's such a different thing in its own. A lion and a lamb. A lion is a predator. It's this, it's this thing with, with teeth, man. Uh, so, they didn't even have teeth, for goodness sakes. And it's fluffy and it's cuddly. But there's a part of Jesus that comes in the form of the Lamb, the one that was sorted, the one that paid the price, and that we have freedom that is easy for us to take. That is easy for us to sometimes hear, it's easy for us to understand, it's easy for us to relate to that aspect of Jesus. But there is this other part of Jesus that's the same Jesus. And that's so important for us to actually realize it's the same Jesus. It's not a different persona, it's not a different person in its own. It's the same Jesus, but the Bible talks about the Lion of Judah. And Revelation 5, you can go on to Revelation 5, will you? Next uh, part. Revelation 5 talks about Jesus, and there's a long piece of scripture. I'm not going to read all of that. But Revelation 5 talks about Jesus being the Lamb, but also, and this is going to be this time, you can just take it off quickly because I see everybody's going to read the entire scripture instead of listening to me now. You go back to the picture, y'all. There's going to be a time, I'm just going to paint a picture for you. There's going to be a time. When all of this, and, and, and Jonathan Conrath had this beautiful illustration that he did, and I want to do the same thing with you guys. He said he met a young guy once at one of a conference or something like that, and this young guy came to him and he started speaking to him, and the young guy, you just felt that, that Jesus wanted to do something for him, and he starts speaking with him and says, listen man, what's your plans for the future? And this young guy said, oh well, I want to meet a girl, fall in love you know, find love. I said, okay, I'm there. No, probably at some point we're probably going to get engaged and we're going to start preparing for marriage. Wonderful, then. He said, oh, then I'm probably going to get married to her and we're going to, you know, have this amazing wedding ceremony where all our friends and our family are invited to. Then, I said, Okay, yeah, we, uh, I hope we're going to have kids. I've got quite plans. I want five, six kids. It would be absolutely amazing to build a family, get a proper job, and you know, it's wonderful. That's great. And then the guy started, you know, <clears throat> and, uh, but well, after that, we're probably going to, you know, get stuck into work and start working on our retirement fund and, and you know, start planning for when I can't work anymore and, uh, you know, because we, we, we need to work, we need to grind now so that I can at least, you know, have a retirement. Wonderful, that's, that's beautiful wisdom. And then, I said, no, well, then at some point I'm probably going to retire with the money that I made during my lifetime. 
And me and my wife, we can go on some cruises and maybe go to the Kruger National Park. He didn't say that, but I'm just thinking that. <laughs> go to the Kruger National Park and do all kinds of things. See the world, because we work so hard for our money. So we want to see the world. He says, that's amazing, well done for that. And then, and he says, it's got quiet. He says, I don't know, I think I'm probably going to die then. <laughs> and he realized that at some point, the and then, and then, and then, is going to come to a specific point. And Revelation talks about that. It's all taking us to a specific point in time. In our and your and my history, where all of us is going to be standing in front of Jesus. All of us. And the Bible speaks about that in Revelation. He says Jesus is the Lamb. He's the perfect one. He was the one that was obedient and willing to pay the price. He was the one that actually went through and he did pay the price for you and for me. And then the Bible says the entire heaven and, and the elders and everybody is going to ask this question, who is worthy to open up the seals and the letters in heaven? And then there's going to be a response, the Lamb. The Lamb is worthy. Jesus is worthy because He was the one that was obedient and faithful to you and to me. And then He's going to, we're going to ontmoet. Meet. Meet and different aspect of Jesus. We're going to be standing in front of him, and then the Bible says in Revelation, then you can just go back to that scripture. Then the Bible says, I saw the Lamb looking as if he had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by four living creatures and the elders. And the Lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are seven spirits of God sent out to heaven. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand. I will sit on my throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one a hog, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which were the prayers of God's people. And they started singing this song, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, because and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them to be a kingdom and a priest to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. I skipped the part. Sorry. Five. Verse five. Sorry. I began just a verse too late. Yeah. Epic fail. Verse five says this. It says, Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See the light of the tribe of Judah. And suddenly we see different aspect of the same Jesus that he comes in the form of a lion <clears throat> he comes in the root of David has time to he, he is able to open the scrolls and we're going to look at that a little bit this morning and I want you just to quickly I just want to quickly do, say two things the first thing is, is don't be scared of having a different or a new or a fresh revelation of Jesus Sometimes when we look at that, we have a specific perspective. And what did we say last week? We need to allow the Lord to sometimes change our perspective so that we can see through God's point of view. So I know many of us sometimes have a perspective of the lion as Jesus that's going to be standing in front of us and say, Right, no time of reckoning. 
aspect of Jesus being the lion, then we will actually have an understanding of God's heart when we work with the lamb. And there is going to be a different response to Jesus the lamb if we understand Jesus the lion. Does that make sense? Because at this stage we're dealing a lot with Jesus the lamb. And there's a reverence, there's a an admiration, there's a, a knowing of what Jesus did if you start to realize that he's the lion and that he's going to be the lion and I'm going to react differently in this lifetime to him being the lamb. There's going to be an acceptance of the work of the lamb a lot differently if I start to realize that at some point I'm going to see Jesus the lion. Does that make sense? Mark it sin. And it's a lot like when me and Leonie got married. Or actually when I met Leonie. When I met Leonie 12, 13 years ago, I was so fleetful. I loved every aspect of her and I was in love with her. I am still today. But I, I, I only saw the outer looks. I thought she was beautiful and attractive. And there was something, the small part of her personality that I got to know in such a small time. I loved what I saw. But I, know, I knew very little of her at that time, because I only knew a few months. But I was in love with her. And then we got engaged. And as we got engaged, I started learning more of her. Same Leone, but I just saw a different aspect of Leone when we got engaged. I thought she was a planner, man. Six months. And the whole marriage, uh, the whole marriage, the whole wedding was organized. Everything to the dot. Everything was finished for a whole year afterwards we waited for the for the for the occasion because everything was finished already within six months and i got to see a different aspect i learned something new about her and then we got married and suddenly she became my wife and i saw a different aspect again of leone suddenly she was my partner in this life i didn't have to make all my decisions on my own she was there as a partner to me now she was still the same leone when i got to when i got to meet her, meet her, still attractive, same character aspects that I loved about her, the same planner that I made, but suddenly added to that was be her being my wife. And they say to me, or oh, actually when we got kids, again, I saw the nurturing side of the other, I saw the side of the other that, that will care for something, that wants the best for my kids. And again, I got introduced to a different and a new side of her that I didn't know beforehand. But it was still the same, the only, the all. And it's the same with Jesus. And that's what I want to say to you guys. Wherever Jesus shows you a new aspect of him, when he's crack and funklick, when he dunk, that is no die perspective, but that is from the new, allow Jesus, allow the Holy Spirit to introduce you to the fullness of that aspect of him. And then you will learn, hang on, this is actually a beautiful side of him. This is actually not something that I have to be scared of. And I think many times when we deal with people, 
I see there's sometimes a lot of us that can relate to Jesus in a very specific way. Or we can relate to only God the Father. We struggle to relate to Jesus. And I want to encourage you this morning. Be open to the fullness of God. In all of His aspects. Because that's part of His design. He knows that is what we do. So, John 15, verse 15 to 16 says this. That whenever God is working and interacting with us, there's two things that is always His focus is on. It's always eternal, and it's always about bearing fruit and fruit that will last. That's always God's point of view. It's not His perspective. It's not something that's going to change. It's His point of view. And so, whenever He introduces us to the lion, it's important for us to realize that it's not just something. For what is to come. That if he introduced me today to the Lion of Judah, to Jesus being the Lion of Judah, it is also for to come. There is a value of eternity for him displaying or, 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 or revealing himself to us in that specific way. Because he's got two things. He wants us with an eternal focus and a focus of bearing fruit. And that's very important for us to realize that. Because we're going to go and just quickly look, and I'm not going to, we're not going to look at the scripture, I'm going to tell you a story. Jesus, and I think it's probably one of the scriptures where we saw a little bit of the Lion of Judah, a little bit of that aspect of Jesus being the Lion of Judah as well, and not just the Lamb. Jesus once came to a fig tree. And Jesus came to a fig tree. And the Bible says that the fig tree was full of leaves. And I've got fig trees at my place. And everybody that knows a fig tree will know this. Actually, all most fruit trees. What always happens is the fruit comes before the leaves. So the expectation is that when a fruit tree is at the stage where it is leaves, the expectation is fairly fair that it should have fruit by then because it's got leaves. So whenever a fruit tree is already at the stage of having leaves but there's no fruit, then basically it didn't bear fruit. And there was something of Jesus carrying the expectation of this tree to bear fruit because it's got leaves. It had everything that it needed but there was nothing there. So the expectation is there when the lion 
stands in front of you. There's the expectation of fruit. And I think Jesus could have revealed himself at that point in time to the fig tree. Say, bless you, fig tree. Tomorrow when I come past you, there will be fruit. He could have done that. He could have healed that fig tree. He could have restored that fig tree to what it's supposed to do, to be fruit. But what did the lion do? He cursed it. He said, when I come back tomorrow, you will never be fruit again. I said, when the next day when they came, there's nothing there of the fig tree was left. And there is that aspect of Jesus expecting fruit. And when the time of healing is not there, smash, restoration. Colossians, uh, so no, Colossians 1 says the following. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His world through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. So, listen to this, so that you might live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Do you think there's an expectation in heaven for each one of us that has had a revelation through the Holy Spirit of who Jesus is and you've given your life to the Lord? Do you think it's fair that at one point you might stand in front of the Lion of Judah and that the expectation might be there for us to be a fruit? Do you think it's fair? Do you think it's just? It's an important question to ask yourself that. Because one day when you get in front there, and standing in front of him, then you will need to know the answer to this question. Because it's your response to the Lamb now that will help you to one day stand in front of the Lion and say, Lord, I will with you. Because I understood. I understood the fullness of Jesus. I didn't just look at it. At your grace and your mercy and the times that you that you are just kind and good. But I also realize that there's going to be a time when you are going to be just and fair. And there's going to be an expectation in heaven for my life to be a fruit. And it does form the basis of my response to the Lamb in this life. And it's important for us to realize that. And I know sometimes when we hear this, specifically us that comes from a bit of a religious background, we hear this and immediately my, my first inclination is And suddenly fear and condemnation comes over you. And I want you to sit down here again. If your understanding of this design of God is what, well, and we're going to go further into this, we'll talk about if we go a little bit deeper into God's design and His heart for us, you will see it's nothing to fear actually. It's part of His love. It's part of His plan for us. And so the minute that we say these things, it's not supposed to grip you with fear. It's actually to grip you with a bit of a healthy fear. But it's a reverence. 
reverence, but Dickens, there's admiration. There's something of knowing, knowing what Jesus did as the Lamb. Knowing the power of the Lamb in this lifetime. And because I was submitted to that in this lifetime, because I, I lived a life that constantly came before Jesus and said, Jesus, is there something that you want to change in me? Is there something that you want to impact in my life? Is there something that offends you in my life? A character aspect. Something that I'm not doing well. A work that maybe is of me and of you. Is there something that you want me to do in your body? Because it speaks of works there. Bearing fruit in every good work. Is there a purpose that I'm not fulfilling in your kingdom in this lifetime? And coming before the throne of the Lamb and submitting myself to that. And if you understand that role well, it will not bring a fear, it will bring a reverence over you. In one day coming before the lion saying, Oh Jesus, that same person that worked in my life at that point, the same power that had the ability to form and transform me in that life, is the same Jesus that I'm bringing and I'm standing in front of the lion and I'm saying, Glory to you. Worthy is the Lamb because you had the ability to change me. You had the ability to do something in me that no other person would have, would, could have changed. And so we will not be standing in front of the lion with beakies that buckle and say, oh, this will buckle. We will actually be standing, and that's what Revelation says. Worthy is the Lamb. So if you understand it well, you will not come with Him in fear and tribulation. You will come with Him in adoration and say, Worthy, because I lived a life where I saw the Lamb changing me. And so by the time when I go and stand in front of the lion, I am so full of praise. I'm so full of adoration because I saw in my life how He changed me. You get that? And it's super important for us to get that because it's going to change the response in this lifetime. I see so many times the Lamb, Jesus, standing in front of us and there's this opportunity for us to respond. And I see so many times us holding back. Next week, we'll do something next week, or whatever the case may be. And I know that, the, that Jesus is there in that time and He can change you, He can help you. And there's something sometimes for us that that doesn't want to go there. There's often times in, in, in church where we, we have a call to respond and then we sit in our seats. We wait for the next opportunity. And I'm standing in front and I'm like, come on guys, do you know that we're going to stand in front of the lion? This is the opportunity to respond well to the lamb. I don't want to labor that. All right. Now I want to come to God's heart in this thing. I want to, it's important for us to come to God's heart in this thing because it's going to change it from a religious act to a selfish act. And you're going to see this thing that is actually, this, all of this comes from a loving God. A Father that knows how to work with us. A Father that knows how to deal with us. The only way to deal with sin, the only way to deal with hurt is in this way. The only way that He could have wiped out sin completely is in this way. John 3 verse 16, it says here, yeah. 
John 3 verse 16. He says the following. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, so whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. What that implies is, is that God's heart was so open that if every single person on this earth believed in His Son, that not one person would have been, would have, what all, all persons would have been saved. It's God's heart for each one of us to be saved. It's God's heart for each one of us to come into freedom. It's God's love for us that each person be transformed into the glory of His Son in this lifetime. That's what His heart is. Its heart is not to tick certain boxes or for you to look good or to live a good life. Or His heart is for us to be saved. Bottom line, that's the foundation of God's design. That's the foundation of the gospel. For God so loved the world that no one should perish. And when we stand in front of a lion one day, it's important for us to remember that scripture. That if it was up to God, if we gave our full partnership with His Son, if we gave our full partnership with the Lamb, God's heart was that all of us would be saved. And none of us would one day stand in front of the lion and get a brand report card. That's God's heart. And it's important for us to realize that. Second scripture that we're going to look at when we look at God's heart is 2 Peter 3. Listen to this one. Listen to this one. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise as some understand slowness. Instead, He is, listen to this, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance if it was up to God he would delay it so many times because his heart is that every one of us will come and stand in front of his son one day and get a good my son I'm so I'm so happy for with you that's his heart and it's important for us to understand that. To understand the lion, to understand God's fairness and His justness. And to know, because of that scripture, that we, sitting in this hall, have every opportunity to respond to the love to the Lamb in this lifetime. We've got everything that we need to respond to Him. All we need to do is submit. Be willing. That's all we need to do. Romans 8 verse 34. I want to hammer this in. Romans 8 verse 34. Wie kan ons veroordeel? Christus Jesus het gesterf. Maar meer is dit. Hy is in die dood opgewek. Hy sit in die rechterhand van God. En hy pleit vir ons. The lion. The lion's heart. For each one of us. The same Jesus. We see it now. The same Lamb that brings the power for us to be restored and to be renewed and 
and to be saved and to be set free is also the lion. He's also the one that we're going to stand in front of his judgment throne one day. That same Jesus is standing for you and me in front of uh, next to the throne and he's, and he's engaging with the Father and saying, Father God, give me time with these people. I promise you, Lord, I've got a plan for this. I've got plans to seek them free. I've got this. And actually, it's not actually introducing God to the plans. It's God's plan all along. But this is part of Jesus that wants to play along with that. And so, God, I want to partner with you, Father, to bring them into greater freedom. And the lion's heart, the lion's heart is that all of us come and stand in front of him one day. And then he will just look at us and say, oh man, it was amazing. You were so faithful. You were so obedient. You were so submissive to me. Well done. Well done for allowing me to work in you. I'm judging you now, but it's going to be such a beautiful judgment. Got so much reward for you. That's the heart of Jesus. Last scripture, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. And we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory of being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And we said this last week as well. God's expectation, the Father's expectation, Jesus' expectation, is that we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit and to the working of Jesus in our lives, in this lifetime, so that He is able to transform us into His image with ever-increasing glory. That's what His heart is. That's the fruit that He's been looking for. Not how well we did stuff, not how kind we were to people, not the amount of works that we did. New Huta Furgasan and Huta Kids Church couldn't It's about allowing him to change the character that is in me. That part of me that is not representing of his son Jesus. That's the thing that is going to look at most. We're going to be rewarded for our works. We're going to be rewarded of how well we served his body. We're going to be rewarded for that. But the one thing that the lion is going to look at is how much of you did you give yourself so that I am able to change you. That's what you're going to be looking at. And it's super important for me to bring you that as well this morning. When we're talking about, Lord, change my character. Because one day we're going to be standing in front of him and he's going to be looking for that. I'm going to end it off. And it made me so excited. <laughs> um, and suddenly all tearful at the same time. What is on? I think it's my heart. Um, sees a picture of each one of you guys separately. Um, and there's something of my, I don't know if it's a daddy heart or... I don't know what it is, maybe pastoral or something, but there's something of me that when I say what I'm going to say now, and Andrew said this once, so I think it's maybe something like this. Sometimes when we lay down the blanket, he, he had this thing where he says, I throw out the blanket for you. They had a daughter, 
and when they went to the church, they would throw out a blanket, and that would be the boundary where their daughter might move in. And he knew that ever when he threw out the blanket, that he was actually laying down a boundary. It was actually a, an authoritative thing. It was actually something that carried weight. And if he let go one time, whenever she would go past that blanket once, he would actually just bring rebellion forth. And so when I move into this next part, there's something of me that, when I say this in Sharon, if you're not going to be here next weekend, when I lay out the blanket, there's this part of me that says, Lord, what if, what if someone is not obedient to that? So I, I'm, I'm taking this next step with actually such a, a scaredness, my brook beaver, whenever I have to do something like this. But I do know God's heart in all of this. Because what happened when Jesus left? What happened when Jesus left to go to heaven? He said this, John 14, verse 15 and 17. Listen to this. As jylle my lief het, sal jylle my opdrachte uitvoer. Ek sal die vader vraag, en hy sal vir jylle een ander voorvoedstraat stuur. That's fine. <laughs> and, and then the teacher comes the teacher goes, oh sorry I lost control <laughs> I don't know how they got past me <laughs> it's good verse 16 says this ek sal die vader vraag en hy sal vir julle a ander voorspraak gaan om vir eeuwig by julle te wees this is super important, guys. Listen. Om vir eeuwig by julle te wees, namelijk die gees van die waarheid. Die wereld kan vir ons vang nie, omdat hy hulle hom nie sien nie, en hulle hom nie ken nie. Maar julle ken hom, omdat hy by julle bly, en by julle sal wees. Now I want to say this to you. This is the beauty of our Father. That even when all is said and done, what we said this morning about your response and your responsibility and you, 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 you. Yes. He again takes it on himself. And he says, I want to give you what you need. Yes. I want to help you to do what needs to be done. If I don't even want to put that onus on you to, to say you must change yourself. And so he sends us his spirit. To come and live in us. Yes. And that will help us to change in the ways that we are not able to change ourselves. And all that we need to do is submit to His Spirit, to His Holy Spirit, and say, Lord, I don't know. I don't know. I can do it. But I'm submissive to your Spirit. That is the God that we serve. And that is the just God that we serve because He's giving us every opportunity to one day stand in front of the lion to be judged. And He will say, you know what? I was with you. I was in you. You had everything that you needed to be judged on this day. And it was never my heart for you to come and stand in front of me and say, 
So next weekend, next Sunday, I know there's many of us that has been saved. If I look at all of us actually, all of us has been saved. I know each person sitting in here has a personal testimony of being saved. The Bible says that the day that you get saved, your spirit is made new. And suddenly your spirit is alive to the things of the Lord. When he was dead, we were alive. Suddenly we are able to hear his voice. We're able to relate to the spirit, what the Bible says there. But you know him for being able The world can't accept him because they neither see him nor knows him. But I know we know him. We've seen him because our spirit has been made alive. And then the Bible says this. We need to be baptized in water as an expression of what happens. As an expression of the fact that I died and now I'm alive in Christ. And then the Bible says, we need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because He knows. He knows that we need His Spirit. He knows that we actually in ourselves, in the root of our humanity, in our weakness, we don't have what it takes. But His Spirit that comes and lives in us will empower us and will give us the ability to respond to Him the right way every time. Amen. And I know a lot of us haven't had the opportunity to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I know a lot of us actually maybe had been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but maybe it's something that again we just need to fresh in filling of the Holy Spirit. Again, we need to come in submission to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to be filled in your, with your Spirit because I need your Holy Spirit to be active and alive in my life. Because one day, I want to be standing in front of you now and say, Lord, what a partnership we had. What a partnership we had. Every time when you showed me something in my life, I was through the power of the Holy Spirit able to come and say, Yes, Lord, come and do it, Lord. Do this thing, Lord. Every time when I felt I didn't have the courage to come and say something in front of the church, I felt the power of the Holy Spirit raise me up to take the mic and to say what I needed to be said. Every time when there was an outreach into Rabo, the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in me enabled me to do things that I would not have been able to do when it was just up to me. And that's why I'm so aware that we're moving into a season as a congregation where the Holy Spirit is going to move amongst us in working character. But I want to look at you guys and I want to say, I don't want to depend on Tony Marilyn to change. I don't want to depend on, on Andrew to change. I want to look at the Holy Spirit and say, are you active in their lives to be able to do a work that I am not able to do and what this person is not able to do? And there's only one way in which we can do that and that is surrender to the Holy Spirit and say, fill me. Amen. Come in me. And that's going to happen. We bring in from Jeff Kimball. It's coming in next weekend. It's got such a beautiful. Yes, yes Jeff Kimball is coming in next weekend. He's a he's a he's an older man, but oh man, he's got such an understanding of the Holy Spirit. He's got such a, a beautiful relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now I'm trusting next weekend that the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out on us. Those that have been filled with the Holy Spirit will be refilled again, anew, afresh. 
Those that have never been filled with the Holy Spirit will be filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time, perhaps, or baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I want to say this. If you've got friends that don't know Jesus, bring them. I'm going to end it off there. I don't want to. I don't want to run ahead of myself with next.